Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. Well, welcome, everybody. Everybody who got out on this cold Texas morning. It's like 50 degrees out there. It's like blizzard. It's like a blizzard. How many people wore boots today? How many people was waiting to wear them boots today? That's what I'm talking about. I didn't quite make it to boots. I got my leather chucks on this morning, though, but it was cold. This morning, I hit the alarm clock a couple of times because uh, I needed to get back under that cover. It was cold, um, but God is faithful. I'm so glad that you guys have decided to come and worship with us this morning. For you guys who don't know me, I'm Sean, and I'm the lead pastor here at Northeast Community Church. And I'm so glad that you guys, um, again, braved the cold elements to come and uh, be a part of what we're doing uh, this morning. Um, those are not my slides. What's going on? I'm confused. Technology. I'm gonna stop trying to use technology. That's what I'm gonna try. And stop trying to do. Um, just bringing up slides from last week. Anyway, I'll figure it out in a second. Um, good morning. Um, we're going to start talking about the gospel, and what that actually means. Um, For most of us, when we hear the word the gospel, we think of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We think of uh, that he came and he died for us, and that's all good, and now life is all good. But that's not the, that's a part of the gospel, but that's not the true intent of the gospel. Um, And I think sometimes that we're so inundated and we're so uh, culturally uh, unaware that um, the gospel is supposed to impact our entire life, like every element of our life. Everything that we do when we wake up in the morning, how we breathe, how we interact with other people, that is all a part of the gospel message. And if we are impacted by the gospel, it should greatly impact the way that we live. And so this week, I was on my way to rehearsal. And while I'm talking about this, um, Chris, in the back of the room, can you uh, look at the keynote slide deck and make sure that um, the one from this week is up? Uh, Evidently, it's showing last week. Um, It's probably my fault because I was back there playing with it. Um, But I was on my way to uh, rehearsal, and I was running late. It was a little cold and a little wet. It wasn't cold like it is today, but it was a little cold and a little wet. And on my way, I was already late. And in the hurry of life, um, I got behind a traffic situation. On a major intersection, it was a traffic situation. And what happened was there was an accident at a major intersection. And what they were doing is they were diverting the traffic from one part of the road through this parking lot, back across this street, through that parking lot, and then back around. And so it was taken for ever. Oh, hit the button. Thank you. There it goes. That's beautiful. Thank you, sir. Uh, and it was taking forever. And I'm already late, so you know what I'm doing in the car. I'm tapping. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. See, because what happened is, you see, on Thursdays, we order dinner for the worship team. And so if you, if you could sing or play an instrument, if you like free dinners, we, we hey, that's, 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 
nevertheless. And so, so, and I got to be here before the delivery guy gets here with the food. And when they, when they drive off, then it just makes this whole mess. And so I'm just kind of, and so I'm flustered and I'm, and I'm going and I'm like, come on, what, what somebody just driving crazy. Why, why is this traffic the way that it is? And, and forgetting that I've been impacted by the gospel. And as a matter of fact, I talked just last week about time management, didn't I? And so as I get closer, I get closer, I'm going, ooh, like, the police officers are really far off the road, so there must be something up there that happened that was really bad, and they don't want people to see, right? Because I've been, unfortunately, I've seen a couple of traffic fatalities in my life, and it's just, it's just eerie, it's unsettling to see a body in the street. And as I get closer, I see what I hoped that I wouldn't have saw, the crime scene truck. And I don't know, something about seeing those instances, seeing those moments when you're in a hurry, it just kind of slows you down and nothing really matters, right? Life slows down a whole lot, and you begin, to be, you begin to understand that you are mortal and that you could go at any moment. Like, that could have been me, because I don't know how far along the journey that happened. That could have been me. Me in my rush and me not paying attention and me not, that could have just as easily been me. And then it gets me to thinking, it's just the way that I think and the way that my mind kind of <coughs> wraps around stuff. I start thinking, Trevor, like if that was me, I would have been faced with the most important question of my entire life. What did you do with the gospel at that very moment? Now, I don't know that person that was there. I don't know their faith. I will not speculate on their faith. But when we get to that moment, we're all going to face that moment. We'll all be faced with, what did you do with the gospel? And so that's why we're going to be talking about, I don't know how many weeks we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be just diving into the gospel. It's the Christmas season where we talk about God sending his son into the world and Thanksgiving and all this kind of things. And so I don't want us to move past it and just throw words out, Christianese like the gospel and being like, yes, like we really understand the gospel. And so today what I want to talk about is losing sight of <coughs> the gospel. Losing sight of the gospel. Now, when you lose sight of something, what that means is that you don't understand the importance of it at that very moment. You don't understand the importance of it at that very moment. And so what we're going to do is we're going to briefly talk about the gospel. We're going to give you a summary of the gospel, but the gospel is such uh, 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 a prevalent conversation starter that it should impact every moment, every element of your life. And so when we say the gospel, most people will say, like I said before, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But in a nutshell, the gospel is this. God created us in his image to know him. God created us in his image to know him. And we define knowing him here at Northeast Community Church as learning to trust him. We are supposed to be in relationship with God. But however, man sinned and separated ourselves from him. Because of his love, however, God sent his son, Jesus, to rescue us from our sins and the consequences of those sins. And so Jesus came to establish his kingdom by living a perfect life, then taking our sins upon himself, and dying a substitutionary death for us on the cross. Somebody say, for us. 
Then he rose from the dead, demonstrating that God <coughs> accepted his sacrifice and that God's wrath against us has been exhausted. What do I mean by that? Like God is no longer mad at you because of what Jesus did on the cross. We need to understand that that is a huge part of the gospel. God is no longer mad at you. Like God demands a punishment for sin. God is holy. He can't be around sin. So there must be a punishment for sin. And so because we were sinners, God came in the form of Jesus Christ, and he died on the cross so that we would not have to feel the wrath of God. That we wouldn't have to experience the wrath. Like somebody needs to, sh like just one moment, just think about how good news that is. You do not have to experience the wrath of God. So kids in the room, you understand, like you don't want to experience the wrath of mom and daddy when they come home. Mom and daddy ain't got nothing on God. Amen again. And so because God's wrath was exhausted, watch this, exhausted on Jesus, exhausted on Christ, we no longer have to deal with the punishment of our sins if, if, watch this, then he rose from the dead, demonstrating that God accepted his sacrifice and that his wrath has been exhausted. He now calls us to repent of our sins and trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. All we have to do is say, listen, my sin keeps me separated from you. I no longer want to live this way. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to say my sins hurt your heart, God. My sin hurts you. My sin separates me from you. My sin hurts me. And because of that, I'm going to turn my back on my sinful nature, and I'm going to give my life to the lordship of who you are. And so that's the last one. It says if we repent and turn to Christ, as our Lord, we're given a new life in Christ, also being called born again. That's the good news. That's the concept of the good news. As Dr. Tony Evans says, that is the content of the gospel. However, the content of the gospel is much more far-reaching the content of the gospel is much more far-reaching, and we started, we're going to talk this morning about the scope of the gospel, what the gospel touches, what it means in our lives, it means in our hearts, and if we lose sight of it, then we're not serving God, we're serving ourselves. And as Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, we are tearing down what Christ built, and now we're trying to live our lives in a way that pleases God. And listen, I understand, some of us understand the gospel up here. But in our life, functionally, we talked about this last week a little bit. Functionally, are you living like you understand the gospel? When you woke up this morning, did you live like you understood the gospel? Or did the kids get on your last nerve because we're trying to get ready for church? And y'all acting a fool up in here? And the neighbor last night was just loud, playing their music loud. They know I need to get up for church. Because I'm going to go and worship God this morning. Or did you wake up this morning just in a funk? And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be uh, 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 profane, but... 
so often, because I talk to myself when I say this as well, we just wake up in funks. We wake up and we go, good morning, morning. Here you are again today. Don't feel like getting out of bed this morning. Really don't feel like going to work this morning. Really kind of sideways because of the person you made me wake up with this morning, God. I got good news, though, but this ain't, good. this ain't feeling like good news, Lord. Because what we do is we selfishly, we've selfishly embraced the gospel. But we haven't embraced the core of what the gospel is. We've selfishly embraced it and we've said, you know, you know what, God? I don't want your wrath to be poured out on me. I don't want that. No, 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 no. And so I'm going to say I repent. I'm going to say that I'm changing my mind about certain things, but I'm going to continue to live my life just the way I want to live my life because of the thing that I heard in your words that said great. And we lose sight of the gospel. And so if you're feeling convicted this morning, welcome to the club. I'm feeling convicted too. But if you turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter (coughs) 2, we're going to see in his word, what it looks like when we lose sight of the gospel. Now, if you're feeling awesome this morning, I don't think that I'm as awesome as an apostle. I, I, I don't think that I'll ever reach uh, 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 the apostle Paul's status nor the apostle Peter's status. But this is just to show you that, 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 that you can walk with Jesus, you can walk with God, but you have to guard your heart because it is that easy to lose sight of the gospel. And in Galatians chapter 2, it says this. It says, but when Cephas, and for you guys who don't know, Cephas is uh, Paul's other name. I mean, not Paul, uh, uh, Peter's other name, sorry. <coughs> when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Woo, we done opened up the scripture to some drama. I told him to, come on, y'all, stop me y'all from the hood. That means I didn't send a message. I didn't write a letter. I got up in his face. I got up in her face. Because I'm big and bad enough to get up in some people's face. That's what we do when we're from the hood. We, I told her to her face. Like that really like, you know. And you got to do your finger like this when you tell somebody to their face. Because the backstory is, Cephas, Peter, was hanging out with all these Gentiles. Hanging out with the Gentiles, kicking it with the Gentiles on the other side of the tracks. And if you ain't in the know, you got to understand the Jews and the Gentiles did not hang out with each other. Primarily because the Jews, the Jews were a, a, a particular group of people that God called out of the world unto himself and he made them holy. And so because they were holy, they couldn't eat certain things, they couldn't touch certain things. They got close to mildew. They had to go and wash themselves. Like, 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 like if they got close to, to something that was unclean, they couldn't show up at church on Sunday morning. Like they couldn't, like they like, like, like it was that important. And so the Jews, because of this, they separated themselves from people because they didn't want to be unclean. They didn't want to be unclean. And the Gentiles, like, hey, it don't matter to us, right? Like the Jews were like, they didn't eat pork because pork was considered unclean. But the Gentiles eat pig feet all day, every day. Hot sauce on it, getting down, all in between the gristles. Yes, look at some of y'all. Y'all getting hungry right now. Right. And so they eat it all day, every day. And so because they was eating pig feet, I can't hang out with you because you eat pig feet. Jasper's like, that's a shame. That's a shame. Or chitlins. 
or some good old Myers pork sausage. Okay, whatever you want to eat. I can't hang out with you because of what you eat. I can't even go into your house because you are unclean. And so Peter had heard the gospel message that it was not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. Like, we, like Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto, the, uh, uh, unto salvation, first to the Jews, ten to the Gentiles. Peter understood that. Peter also understood that there was no more ceremonial unclean food because God appeared to Peter and showed him and showed him this food that was considered unclean in the vision. And he said, rise up and eat. And Peter said, I can't eat that. That's pig feet. And God said, what I have said is clean. You should not call unclean. And so Peter knew. And so Peter was hanging out with the Gentiles, kicking it with them, kicking it with the sinners. Kicking it with them who, 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 who came up on the wrong side of the tracks. And so he said, I told him to his face because he still condemned. For before certain men came from James, for before certain men came from Jerusalem, they hang it out in Antioch. Before certain men came from Jerusalem, watch this, he was eating with the Gentiles. Pig feet sandwiches, pork chop sandwiches, fried catfish. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision part. Now, I don't know about y'all, but circumcision part don't sound like no fun to me. I'm not going to no <laughs> circumcision party. That's just, that's out. You invite me to a circumcision party, I'm on decline. I'm just going to hit decline. I'm not going to a circumcision party. That don't sound like no fun. It just don't. However, the circumcision party was a sect of Jews who had came out of Judaism, if you will, and they were following Jesus. However, they followed Jesus with some rules. And they were saying, listen, 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 listen. You can hang out with Jesus all you want to. You can be a Gentile all you want to. And I understand you pick feet. But anyway, listen, but you got to be circumcised. Because if you're not circumcised, you can't be with God. And so that's what God said in his rule, what God said in his law. Now understand that the law had been abrogated and God had allowed the Gentiles to come in. And Peter knows this. Peter fundamentally knows this. But Peter was still kind of like, okay, I'm going to be ostracized from them folk if I hang out with these folk. Where am I going this morning? So often we've lost sight of the gospel message when it comes to church, that we come to church, we hang out at church, we hang out with church folk, and we say hallelujah and stuff like that, and we hang out, and we go to a small group, and we do stuff like that, and we go to Christian good Christian bowling parties and stuff like that, and we forget that there's a world out there that is hurting and lost and needs to hear the gospel message. And how can they hear it if we're not the ones that are going to present it to them? So on your job, when you're waking up in the morning, check this out. When you're rolling out of bed in the morning, how about you look at your, your, your day like this? God, I hate my supervisor. Instead of doing that, say, God, my supervisor doesn't know you. And you've entrusted me with a message that can save his immortal soul. And so, God, let me wake up and I roll out of bed. Let me pray for my supervisor this morning. God bless Jerry. If you got a supervisor named Jerry, I'm speaking prophetically. Just joking, just joking, just joking. You know, we get spooky sometimes in the church. He said, Jerry, that's my supervisor. I mustn't know. Okay, okay, maybe. I don't know. Okay. But you pray for Jerry or Cindy or, or Tammy or whoever your supervisor is. 
Or the person on your job who you know is far away from God and, and, and all the office gossip happens or at school and all the school gossip happens and we know that they're that type of person. But you know that you have the message. You have the gospel. Have you lost sight of that? God, I'm waking up this morning and you have trusted me with something that is so potent, that's so powerful. It's supposed to impact every element of my life. So I'm waking up with joy because I know I have one more day. I'm going to ask you a question and don't raise your hand and don't say amen. You can say ouch if you need to. How many people have you shared the gospel message with in the last 30 days? 60 days. Six months. One year. If that's a convicting thing to you, listen, come back next week. We're going to talk about the, uh, the, 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 the sharing of the gospel and how we can effectively do that in some elements of our lives. So I hope I piqued your curiosity and you'll be back next week. And if you say it out, you might not never come back. I'm sorry about that. But he feared them because of what they believed. He feared them because of what they might say that I saw you on 6th Street with your co-worker. As long as you ain't turned up, so what? I saw you hanging out at the barbecue, and they, smell, they, they, they smoked them cigarettes that smell funny at that barbecue. Guaranteed, Jesus will be, at that, at that, at, Jesus will be right up in there with them. He won't be smoking, probably. I don't know. Hey, hey. That's enough. Jesus will not be smoking. Sorry. I was going to say in Colorado, that was a bad joke. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Cut that out in the podcast. But Jesus will be right up in the middle of them talking to them about his kingdom. Right up in the middle of them sharing with them his love for them. But we've got so self-focused. We've got to the point where we hoard the gospel. We're like Daffy Duck on that cartoon. Mine, 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 mine. You know the cartoon? And God said, I didn't save you for you to hoard it. I didn't save you for you to start a prayer group with a bunch of Christians and all y'all do is sit around and exegete the Bible and don't do nothing about it and it hasn't impacted your life. I'm going to say this and I'm going to drop it right there. Listen, a lot of you in these seats right now, I say myself included sometimes, you walk around miserable because you're not doing anything with the gospel that you've been given. And I'm getting ahead of the text. Let me go because I got to go. Look at verse 13. He says, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically alongside with him. So that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Listen, this is something that is really influential because Barnabas grew up in a Gentile colony. I can't hang out with the Gentiles because them hanging out with the Gentiles. And listen, there are Christians coming up behind you and are seeing your behaviors and believing that they need to act the way that you act. And you sit wearing here look like you're sucking on lemons all the time. Ain't got no joy, ain't got no peace, ain't got no happiness. 
Because we get so easily back into this place of work. I got to work to be right with God. I got to I gotta do certain things to be right with God. And if I don't do those things and God is not happy with me and it makes us miserable. And what we do is, is we try, we try, we try until we have a nervous breakdown and we, we leave the church for about three months. And then we come back because we know we need to be back. And we try, try, try again. And we have another nervous breakdown and we live in this cycle. And the people in the world look and say, you got the gospel. You look schizophrenic. I don't see no peace, no joy. Why would I want the God that you got? Because I don't see none of it on you. You've lost sight of the gospel. The world is so discerning. Christians, we should be, like, literally, we should be, like, the happiest people on the planet. Not to say that we don't go through hard times. Not to say that we don't go through struggles. Not to say that we don't go through temptations. But we should have joy because we understood, and we understand something that God loves me. And he's a good, good daddy. Now, I can't, I can't speak for my kids, but they should wake up every morning and say, I got a good daddy. They should. <laughs> they should. Roof over their heads, food in their stomach. Not wanting for nothing, paying all them cell phone bills. They should be happy. Come on. I'm miserable. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but they should wake up and just go, you know what? I feel secure. I feel loved. I know my daddy's got my back. And I've worked hard. And when I mess up, I tell them I blow it. But I work hard and let them know that I got their back. And whatever they want to do, I got your back. And if nobody else, if nobody, listen, if nobody else rides with you, you know your daddy rides with you. We should wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I got a good daddy in heaven. Why am I so downcast? Why am I so downtrodden? Why am I feeling all kinds of ways? Do, do you know who my daddy is? Y'all lucky I didn't know my father growing up. If I had like a billionaire father, I'd be trouble for all y'all. Ooh, I'd be trouble. I'd be trouble. If my daddy had a house on a thousand men, oh, wait a minute, I do. What am I saying? My daddy's all-powerful. All-knowing. His attributes are characterized and capitalized by love. He has all the power in heaven and on earth, and he's my daddy? Why am I tripping? Why am I worried about stuff? Why am I walking around here looking like my daddy ain't my daddy? Stop it, Sean. The song came to my head. Anyway. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. This is awesome right here. This is, this is awesome. Go back to the other slide. This is awesome right here. Watch this. He says, but, I love when the Bible says, but, it means get your butt out the way. I know I'm just joking. Um, when I saw. When I saw, other people should be able to look at your life and see certain elements of the gospel in your life. I ask another question that's really thought-provoking. What are people seeing about the gospel in your life? What are they seeing? Paul said, you're an apostle, I get that. But I'm seeing that the gospel is not lining up with your, your conduct. Your conduct is not in step with the gospel. 
Your conduct is telling me that you've lost sight of some things. Your conduct is telling me that you're not understanding some things about who your daddy is. Fear should not be driving you in this decision. You got a vision, you got the words, and now you're walking away from it because you're worried about what other people might think. I'm going to say this. But Christians should be some of the boldest people on the planet. Yeah, we're some of the most fearful people I've ever seen in my entire life. People don't like Jesus nowadays. They, they'll, 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 they'll write bad things on your on Twitter. When I'm looking around the world, people in Africa are losing their heads and China are being thrown in prison. And, and we and we worried about, I, I might lose some friends if I talk about Jesus. Because I don't want to be that person that spreads the good news. Now, let me tell you this. I heard this one time. There's a thing of a sin of omission, and we're going to talk about this a little bit next week, and a sin of commission. Sin of commission means I, I, I just, I, I, I knew I was sinning, I did it. Sin of omission is I knew to do it, I just did not do it. And God has told us to go, therefore, and make disciples with his gospel message. And how many of us are falling short in that area because we just don't, we just, we just got, I just got better things to do, Jesus. So I need to be bold in the gospel. He said, I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas, I like, you know what I like about Paul? Paul's bolder than me. Paul called people by name in the Bible. <laughs> Barnabas thought he got away with it. He's like, I, even Barnabas, Barnabas like, what did I do? I didn't do nothing to you. Paul called people out by name, and he said, listen, 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 the apostle Cephas, my brother, he said, I, I told him to his face, and I said to him before all of them, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force a Gentile to live like Jews? What is he saying here? What's the principle we need to pick up? We're so worried about we need to convince people to live like us, which we don't even we ain't even happy the way that we live. You need to be able to convince people to drop all the stuff that they're doing and live like you, that you forget to share the gospel is basically what we do. We see their lifestyle and we go, you know what? They will never change. So I'm not going to even say anything to them. I'm not going to even try to be friends with them because they're just a certain way. You forgot you used to be a certain way. And listen, our job is only to live out the gospel before people and share the gospel with people. It's not to persuade and convict people and do any other stuff. God does all of that. There is a general gospel call. That means that that, that this is the gospel. Here's the call. God loves you. The effective gospel call is up to the Holy Spirit. It's up to him to do the work. He just wants you to be the forerunner. He just wants you to go before him and do the due diligence to show them what you should look like. He wants you to be his banner white. That he might get glory. Fifteen. 
He says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that the person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ Jesus. Sorry. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Listen, you're sitting here trying to get brownie points with God and you're not going to be able to do it. When you're trying to win brownie points with God, you've lost sight of the gospel. The gospel is all about his grace, his love. He did it already. Listen, stop trying to win brownie points. Stop trying to pray harder. Stop trying to fast faster. We do those things because he loves us. We don't do those things to gather his love. And why do I keep coming back to this message? Because some of us, we are not getting it. All of these disciplines that we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks, these disciplines are there in order for us to get some understanding, not for us to get better. You don't get better. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Sean 2.0 is just as bad as Sean 1.0. Because in my flesh dwells no good thing. Not now good thing. The Bible says that our righteousness are as filthy rags before God. Putrid. God's like, mm. And this is what we keep slipping into. Because the story, listen, this, 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 I keep going. This is why, Miss Michelle, the gospel is just too good of a story. You ever heard a good story? Uh, it's hard nowadays. We got so many bad stories. You just turn on the TV, it's bad. I'm like Evelina from the Wiz. Don't nobody bring me no bad news. Like, this is just bad news all the time. It's just all, like, just, just, just bad. Just, just everybody just angry. Everybody just walking around just, just in a state of just mad. But then when you hear a good story, you see how many good stories get shared versus bad stories? And look, good stories go viral so much faster than bad stories. They just do. Right? Look at this woman. She saw this thing on the side of the road, and it fell in the water, and it was freezing water, and they dove in. They got, oh, that's a good story. I love a good story. The gospel message is so good that it's almost like too good to be true. And I think we believe this is too good to be true. Like, God, you just love me because you love me? No, 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 no. Okay, I, 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 I hear you, but I'm still going to do some stuff to earn your love. And you can't do it. <coughs> oh, there's one page. We ourselves are not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that the person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Here is where we're going to land today. The gospel message is not so much about your death with Christ as it is about your life in him. 
And now this next scripture, now this next scripture we're going to hit, this is memory verse. Like we, we've memorized the scripture. Like, we, we, like, like some of us, we got this committed to heart. But we forget that it's in context with the gospel. It's in context with the gospel. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Listen, that is not some theological pretty play on words. You, in fact, indeed, when Christ was on the cross, I don't know how God did it. You were in him. When God was exhausting his wrath on Christ, guess where you were? You were in him. I know that's hard to wrap your mind around. That's too good to be true. It causes a lot of people to stumble. To stumble. That's why Paul says the gospel is a stumbling block for some people. Because I can't, listen, I can't believe that I get something for nothing, especially in our, our Western culture. Folk be talking about free stuff. We be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't trust no free stuff. My mama told me don't trust nothing free. There's a catch. And we believe that God got this little, this colossal, this big heavenly super clause. When you, when you get to heaven, he said, did you read the clause? So I've been crucified with Christ. Somebody say that real quick. We need to hear that this morning before we move forward. Say, I've been crucified with Christ. How oh, y'all act like that. I'm just okay. <laughs> Come on, say it like you mean it. I've been crucified with Christ. Say it again. Do you believe that? you got to believe that. That is the core. That is the center of your being. Listen, I've been crucified with Christ. So next time the devil gets in your face, tells you how unworthy you are and how broken you are and how flawed you are and how you messed up again, you can sit and say, I've been crucified with Christ. I was on the cross with Christ, so you can't crucify me for what I've already been crucified for. Some of us need to let ourselves off the cross. Because the word tells us if I want to climb up on the cross, then I can climb up on the cross. And that's, that, that, that's between me and God. But I would rather God have me in Jesus when he was crucified. So that I don't have to do that again. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Because Christ was crucified, it is no longer I who live. Oh, man, somebody needs to hear this. This is, this is theological gold right here. It's not, it's not me. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is why we do the spiritual disciplines right here. It's not so much that we gain good standing with God, but it's allowing our spirit man to control our actions. That's why it talks about a renewed mind. You renew your mind. You're allowing the Christ inside of you to burst forth. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by, oh, this is a big word here, faith. I live by faith. What do I have faith in? Not faith in my faith. Because sometimes we make our faith the object of our faith. If you just have a little bit more faith, then it's not about your faith. It's about who you place your faith in. Watch this. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You need to just reconcile that in your heart. He loved you and he gave himself for you. There's no greater love than the love that will give itself. And he gave all of himself. 
for us, for his church. He loved me and he gave himself for me. So I do not notify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Listen, we have to embrace the understanding that if I could do it on my own, Christ died for nothing. That's the gospel. That's the springboard of what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Why is this vitally important? You have to go back to the beginning. You have to. This is what our faith is built upon. We want to move on to the well, 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 prayer and, and, and like, like, like don't, don't worry about that stuff just yet. Worry about getting this. You're trying to dunk, you can't even shoot a layup. You're trying to get on to the advanced stuff because we, 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 we are an information society. We just want more information. We just got information at our fingers. Just give me more. 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 And it's like, listen, you're getting more, but you haven't built a solid foundation. You're trying to build a third and fourth story, and you haven't built a foundation yet. And that foundation is God loves you. And listen, I encounter so many believers. I encounter so many Christians that don't even understand fundamentally that God loves them regardless. Even if they haven't given their heart and their lives to Jesus, guess what? He still loves them because we're created in his image. He wants you. He desires relationship with you. It's not about you just doing stuff, but we have to be persuaded of that. We have to be persuaded of that. Listen. Peter didn't understand or he lost sight of what God was trying to do. He allowed people, he allowed circumstances, he allowed situations to blind him to the gospel message. Paul goes on to Galatians chapter 3. He goes, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you into thinking that you were once given this by grace, now you got to work for it? So I'm talking to NECC this morning. Any, who has tricked you into thinking that you got to work for God's goodness? That you've got to work for God's favor? That you've got to work for God to do something in your life and in your heart? And listen, God has already given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. It's on the inside of you. Now he's asking you to cultivate it. And it's not about the external. It's about your heart. Now, we went to the doctor this morning. We, 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 we visited the doctor. We went to his word. And we've seen that God is good, God is faithful, and he loves us regardless. Now we're going to transition into service. And you, it's no good to go to the doctor and just sit in the lobby. When I was in proximity. I was at the doctor's office. I feel so much better now. You go in, you get a diagnosis, you get a prescription, and hopefully you take your medicine, right? Who go to the doctor and don't take the medicine? We love our life so much. I'm going to talk to both of y'all in a minute. 
Doctor, get, I don't, that, that doctor crazy. I'm going to go to another doctor. Got to get better. We got to get better. We got to do better. We got to allow the process to work. And so one of the things that God has given us as a church is this act of communion. I just tried to get y'all attention. Somebody saw and think that's how that works. It's called communion. And the importance of communion is it is that we get the opportunity to sit at the table of God and we get an opportunity to remember what happened on the cross. This is not a somber moment. This is not a moment of um, being heartbroken and downtrodden, but this is a piece of the gospel message. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.